This is Town Square Sunday On Demand. And now, 1420 WBSM's Jim Phillips. Good morning, and thanks for tuning in. I'm Jim Phillips, and welcome to Town Square Sunday. John Bullard has had an interesting public life, to say the least. He started as an agent for Waterfront Historic Area League here in New Bedford, helping to lead a campaign to save New Bedford's historic buildings. He later served three terms as mayor in the city of New Bedford, and after that became a fisheries administrator for NOAA here in the Northeast. Protecting the environment has always been a part of his DNA. He's still working now as a volunteer with the Buzzards Bay Coalition. Uh, I saw a picture of you one time taking water samples in Westport. John has recently written a memoir entitled Hometown about his time in New Bedford, his public life in New Bedford, I should say. I particularly enjoy the cover, John. It's a photo of a fisherman near a picket line uh, reading you the riot act about one thing or another, and you are patiently listening. Uh, welcome to our program, John. Jim, it's always good to see you. Um, John, what drove you to write the memoir? Well, uh, Jim, there are two main reasons I wrote the book, uh, and I didn't realize how hard it was going to be to write a book, but... Uh, my admiration for real writers has gone through the roof. And the two reasons were that, you know, in any success, there are a lot of people involved. And I wanted to make sure that the stories, for example, uh, the revitalization of the Waterfront Historic District under the leadership of Mayor John Markey and heroes like Sarah Delano, that all of the people involved in that, that their stories were told and and they wouldn't be forgotten. And so uh, that's one reason. And the the second reason is that in in my career, uh, I've had uh, at at NOAA, I ran Sea Education Association teaching college students about the ocean I've been fortunate to be around a lot of young people. And um, I started right out of college. I wanted to save the world, right? Uh, Lots of young people are idealistic and they want to have an impact. And if you're Martin Luther King or Gandhi uh, or Greta Thunberg, you know, you can save the world, but it's it's a pretty ambitious goal. And for us mere mortals, uh, that can be intimidating. And I thought about how was I going to do that? And um, in on a sailboat trying to hitchhike around the world in Vigo, Spain, I decided the way I was going to save the world was to focus on my hometown and to try and fix up New Bedford. And, and in doing that and spending a career uh, now well over 50 years trying to fix up my hometown of New Bedford, uh, I have found fulfillment. Uh, I found a way to have an impact. I found a way to put down roots, to enjoy, uh, have fun. uh, And guess what? If everyone were to fix up their hometown, well, the world is made up of everyone's hometown. And so if there are other young people who have that same quest, you know, how do I have an impact? Uh, Well, there's a lot of right answers, but this might 
give someone some assistance in answering that really important question. So you uh, would not have been content to continue in preservation? No. And that's, you know, when, when I was doing historic preservation for uh, 12 years, people said, oh, you're a historic preservationist. After you finish with New Bedford, you go to Philadelphia or San Francisco. I said, no, I'm not a preservationist. I know a lot about historic preservation, but I'm trying to fix up my hometown. And when I became mayor, people said, oh, you're a politician. So when you're finished being mayor, you're, you want to be congressman or governor. And I said, no, I'm not a politician. I want to fix up my hometown. And after leaving City Hall, I worked for the seafood co-op, uh, and I had to learn about fishery management. And, and, and so the, the, the theme was, no, I'm just trying to fix up my hometown. How much convincing did it take to get uh, Jack Markey and the people around him to invest in the historic district? Now, this was with mainly community development money. Um, how often did you hear, for instance, that New Bedford will never be Newport? Yeah, I, that was, uh, you know, that's part of the story in the book is me going into Mayor Markey's office. And you have to understand that uh, I was right out of graduate school. I had long hair and a beard and, and granny glasses. And the Waterfront Historic District was the worst section of New Bedford. I mean, empty buildings, rundown streets. It met every uh, definition of blight there was. And I wasn't just agent for whale. I was agent for the whaling museum and an organization called the Bedford landing taxpayers, which were all the businesses. And let me say that name again, the Bedford landing taxpayers association. They didn't like whale or the whaling museum. Uh, but I got along with everyone there and I walked into mayor Markey's office and I said, uh, I represent everybody down there. We want to fix up this area. Uh, will you help us? And, uh, and this area can become uh, a support uh, a neighborhood for the working waterfront, for the fishing industry. A lot of the businesses, New Bedford Ship Supply, Kruger Brothers, all those businesses already support the fishing industry. We've got the whaling museum. We could build a tourism industry. We could have mixed use residents. You know, I tried to paint a picture and he listened. And then I heard much later, years later, he turned to his assistant and said, can you believe it? That kid thinks we can fix up the waterfront historic district. He, he joked, he, he knew it was uh, a ridiculous idea at first. Yeah. But then um, uh, we kept talking to him about it. We had a conference where we brought in people from Seattle, Hartford, and Boston and showed how historic preservation was rebuilding cities in this country. And he looked at that and he said, uh, this is happening elsewhere. It leads to jobs. It leads to reuse and energy. And he courageously... Uh, and people need to understand the courage and vision of Jack Markey, uh, placed an enormous bet on uh, the Waterfront Historic District, on uh, me, and uh, on this concept that old buildings can lead to new life 
and he put uh, of ten point one million dollars, he put one point three million into historic preservation, nine hundred thousand of which went into the waterfront historic district. Uh, and to put that in perspective, the federal government had a program of historic preservation in the Department of Interior. Massachusetts got more than any other state. They got 800000 for the whole state. And Jack Markey was putting $1.3 million, more than the whole federal government for Massachusetts. <laughs> That's how big a bet Jack Markey put on historic preservation. And now you can see the results of his bet. That took courage. That took uh, vision. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to write the book is to make sure people like Jack Markey and all the people on his team, George Brightman, Peter Rio, Dick Walliga, Tenny Lance, Tony Souza, all of Huey Murray, all of the people that he had gathered around him got credit for that. You're listening to Town Square Sunday. I'm Jim Phillips. My guest, former Mayor John Bullard, who's written a book about his public life and his love for New Bedford. Hometown is what it's called. Do you get the where can you get this book, John? Well, you can get this Shameless book. At, pitch here. Yeah. You can get this book from Spinner Publications, which has been publishing local history books for forty years or more, uh, on their website, and you can get it in any local uh uh, library, the Whaling Museum, uh, Partners, uh, uh, Barnes and Noble, any any local library in in our region uh, will uh, will have it. You, uh, what prompted you to enter politics, uh, John? It certainly was a different game to some extent from what you've been doing, but maybe not. Maybe it was, uh, uh, you know, uh, what 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 made you take that step? Because it's. It is a different game in, in that it's, yeah. you know, no, not everybody can a, play it. It was a conversation gone horribly wrong, Jim. I mean, <laughs> I was saving the Zyterian Theater uh, with Sarah Delano, and we knew because it was a bigger building than we'd ever saved that we were going to have to create a new nonprofit organization uh, to turn it over. And we knew that we would need a... Uh, chairman of the board, and I'd recruited Joe Barry to be the chairman of the board, uh, and he's still here. Uh, thank goodness for Joe Barry still supporting the the Z, and we knew we needed a lawyer, and I knew this uh, of this new young lawyer who had entertainment background, Scott Lang. So I went to 401 County Street and said, uh, Scott. Uh, you have entertainment background. We're saving the Zyterian. Would you be on the new board we're going to create? Um, uh, and he said, uh, John, would you consider running for mayor? And I said, no, not Scott. This is just not the conversation. No, you need to be on the board of the Zyterian Theater uh, because we need to save this theater. And Scott said, no, you need to be the next mayor because Jack Markey's going to be a judge. And so this conversation, which was supposed to be about the saving the Zyterian, turns into this conversation about Scott saying to me, I, sh I should be mayor. And uh, I totally lost control of this conversation. <laughs> and that's what I mean. It went horribly wrong. And he started telling me why I should be mayor and how I'd, you know, save the waterfront historic district, had a record. I said, I've never done anything in politics other than work for other politicians. 
He said, yeah, well, you're still good. And in the end, I said, well, I'll run for mayor if you be my campaign chair. And, and so that's how I got into politics, by a conversation that went horribly wrong. <laughs> John, I think the highlight of your tenure in office was uh, your Profiles in Courage moment, which was deciding to locate the secondary wastewater treatment plant at Fort Rodman. It cost you a fourth term, in my opinion. Yeah. I'm sure others feel the same way. Um, but clearly, that was the right decision. Yeah, I the taxpayers. Think, yeah, I think so. Uh, it it wasn't an easy decision. I mean, Standard Times Field or Fort Rodman, it was a close call. I thought um, uh, it should go to Fort Rodman. It would allow us to fix up the area around Fort Rodman create a park which is there, which is used by lots of people. I can understand people's fear. You don't want people from the government coming in and saying this will be good for you. I get the fact that people don't trust government folks who say that. Uh, But I also felt that Standard Times Field, privately owned while it was vacant at the time, would be a place that could create jobs in the future. And lo and behold, that is now the Marine Commerce Terminal which is where the offshore wind industry is going to create a future for New Bedford. And if I'd put the sewer plant there, no one would be talking about offshore wind in New Bedford right now. So it worked out. It must have been a remarkable conversation with the feds with your talk to build a park around the secondary wastewater treatment. Uh, Well, we had lots of uh, discussions with the federal government uh, and it was a very complex um, set of discussions. What was the most fascinating discussion I had is after uh, uh, Rosemary Tierney beat me, and you know she won the election by 392 votes, but she beat me in 6A and B by 680 votes, and I'd always won the south end of New Bedford by 2 to 1. But when I decided to build a sewer plant there, the people in the South End had a very decided change of view about my suitability <laughs> for office. Uh, and and Rosemary said, you know, if you vote for Rosemary, I'm going to move the plant to Standard Times Field. And after she won, uh, we briefed her. We we had a briefing on, you know, it's complex financially. It was a very expensive plant complex legally. We were in consent decrees, you know, very complex uh, legal thing. And then I said, and here's the uh, issue on siting. And I said, Rosemary, it's a a close call. You obviously won the the election saying you're going to move it so you can move it. And she said, I'm not moving it. And I said, come again? What? I'm not moving it. And, uh, she hadn't even been inaugurated. And I said, well, I guess that's the end of the briefing. Um, and <laughs> she left, and I looked at our team, and I said, <laughs> I can't believe it. Uh, <laughs> you could beat on that issue. I, I got beat on that. She promised everyone in the South End she's going to move it, and, and now uh, she's not going to move it. And uh, I used to teach a class on this, and I said, Rosemary's a very uh, smart politician. Why is that a smart move? And the reason, of course, it's a smart move is that's a, you know, sewer plants are political losers of an issue. As long as the plant was at Fort Rodman, it was my plant. And as soon as she moved it, it was going to be her plant. And so she's no, she was no dummy. No, she was not. Um, your work at NOAA, John, 
Um, I know many in the fishing industry at least felt that when you get the job as the regional administrator, it's going to be great for New Bedford. We got a guy who will listen to us. He's one of us. Yeah. Former mayor here. He knows the troubles. Wasn't necessarily the case. Hard job. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I worked at NOAA twice. I worked at NOAA uh, in the 90s uh, doing economic assistance for uh, folks. And uh, that that may have been a, uh, an easier job because um, I was providing health insurance for fishermen in a program that is still in existence. J.J. Bartlett runs it. Mm-hmm. But Ted Kennedy, thanks to Ted Kennedy, we created health insurance for fishermen, which they have. So I was doing things like that that helped people out. So in the 90s, I think probably people thought uh, John Buller's doing okay. Uh, in the uh, uh, 2012, when I started as regional administrator managing fisheries, Again, it, it depended on what fishery you looked at. Scalloping, which is what makes New Bedford the top fish, uh, fishing port in the country, is probably the best managed fishery in, all, in America, maybe the world. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, and I don't think you'll get many complaints from the scallop fishermen about my role in fisheries management. It, it's a very well-managed they invest in research they work well with the scientists at NOAA it's a it's a really good fishery uh and they they're suffering a little bit now because the biomass gone down a little bit but it's a really well managed fishery you don't get a lot of noise out of that ground fish ground fish is a whole nother story and that's been a slow motion car wreck for many many years uh and it doesn't bring in a lot of money there are a lot of ground fish out there but it's pollock and haddock and redfish uh cod has left the building uh and so they make a lot of noise but they don't make a lot of money and and it is a shame uh so you know uh they're going to be angry and if you're going to be angry the the easiest person to be angry at is whoever's the regional administrator saying you can't fish, and that's me, or that was me until I retired. Who knows? Maybe they're still angry at me. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's a really unfortunate thing be, because um, you know it's overfished, and it's it is a shame when you know people on the council, which is responsible for setting the rules are they're human beings and so when people come up and and say uh if you restrict my fishing i'm going to make less money and it's going to impact me in this way uh they hear those stories and they and they uh relax quotas and unfortunately when you relax the quotas that causes there to be less fish and that's why it's a slow motion car wreck. <laughs> the name of the uh, memoir is Hometown. You you won't you can't miss the cover. I mean, it's a fisherman yelling at uh, John Bullard, a young John Bullard. Oh, you had to point that out. Huh, I had, I admire <laughs> I advise folks to turn it over. Turn it over. Look at the back cover, because that same fisherman is giving John Bullard a hug, and that's because John Bullard listened. Which you did quite a bit in your public life. Yeah. Tried to. (laughs) 
John, congratulations on this. Thank you, Jim. Thanks for coming. You in. and I go back a long, long way. Oh, we do. We go back 70s. Yeah. 1970s. Thank you again. Good luck with this. Thank you, Jim. All right. Stay with us. Town Square Sunday will continue in just a moment. 